Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. Alibaba is, by most accounts, the largest online shopping mall in the world. In the last 10 years, Alibaba has helped to transform social media and e-commerce in China. Alibaba is the creation of Jack Ma, a Chinese English language teacher turned global entrepreneur. Ma is the subject of a new book by writer and investment analyst Duncan Clark called Alibaba, the house that Jack Ma built. I recently talked with Clark about the book and his relationship with Ma. Yeah, so Jack Ma today is an icon in China on the same order as uh, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg, uh, which is uh, you know, really a first thing for, for many Chinese to actually have a Chinese business leader who has now a kind of a global uh, status. So, so he, he's kind of a homegrown hero, but he's an unlikely hero in many ways because his background was as an English teacher. He's not a tech guy. And he also, as you, as you said, he has this outsized personality, but he has a um, you know, not a very large size uh, frame <laughs> physically. He's, he has a sort of pinched face. He came from a, you know, a, a, a sort of very modest background. So his story, I think, resonates with people who, you know, like to look for kind of, dare I say it, the American dream in China. <laughs> well, he, he certainly has the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. Is and you've you've been working in China now for uh, a, a number of years. Is this a fairly common trade, or is this something that's that's been kind of a result of some of the the changes that have been taking place in China? That's a great question. Yeah, I've been in China for, for 20 years, and when I first moved there uh, to Beijing in '94, yeah, it was very much the, you know, the, the, the China that we think of in terms of the, the, the white boulevards, the state buildings, the, the symbols of the Communist Party. Um, but actually, you know, already then there was kind of an entrepreneurial revolution happening, and particularly in the coastal areas. So not not Beijing itself, but but down near Shanghai, particularly uh, Zhejiang province, Guangdong. Where you know Jack is from uh, Zhejiang province, about a uh, couple hours southwest of Shanghai, and that's where you know a lot of the small businesses had started to uh, to uh, establish themselves, uh, selling products uh, for export and later in the Chinese market. And so, and by the way, you know there is a long, rich entrepreneurial tradition in China going back uh, centuries or, or longer. But of course, everything had been put in the deep freeze with the communist revolution, and so things are basically, you know, coming out of the, the deep freeze. Uh, and, and now we really see this new China emerging of uh, entrepreneurs. Alibaba is is obviously this very large e-commerce um, kind of entity. I think the last time I looked at a $200 billion plus right. company. What is the what is the essence of this this thing that is known now pretty much globally as Alibaba? And, and I ask because there's a there's a sentence in your book, and I think it's in the very last chapter, uh, there's a quote, something to the effect of, it's, it's not just a story, it's a strategy. Exactly. That's a spoiler, but that's good. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, no, no. It is. No, it's actually, I would love people to read that last line first, because it is the story of this man and this company, but it's really a story of how somebody against the odds built something that people really felt would be impossible. In fact, when I first met him in 99 in the small apartment where he just founded the company, um, you know, he, he had this vision and this talk about defeating Amazon, defeating eBay. And this was the guy in a small apartment, you know, uh, with 17 other people, including his wife, uh, who had just started a business. And you know, normally you'd say, uh, you know, check, please, call security. <laughs> this guy's nuts. <laughs> um, and, and people called him uh, Crazy Jack. And But then you, as you spent time with him, as I did, I ended up working there as a consultant. Um, you, you just can't find yourself getting swept away. Now, stupidly, I didn't cash in my, my shares later. That's a, that's a painful element of the story. But I, I learned not to underestimate this guy. And I, I think, you know, his ability to motivate people 
and his skills as an English uh, teacher, oddly, rather than a tech guy, have been critical to his success. I mean, his ability, I, I, I call it like he's a, if you can imagine a, a Chinese version of chutzpah with blarney wrapped in together, that, that's what Jack is. <laughs> he, he is a very effective communicator, yes. <laughs> well, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I just happened to look on online and, and looking at all the product offerings that that's yep. on the English version of the uh, or the American version of or the West version yep. of Alibaba and what as a as a as an analyst and a, and a tech guy and as you're looking at this, yep. what is the essence of Alibaba? What is there something that sets it apart or makes it different intrinsically from say eBay or Amazon or or the or the Google story or or the Facebook story or in terms of Absolutely. In terms of a business and how it's come to be what it is today. Yeah. So uh, when you look at Alibaba.com, which is the original website of the company, that's today is a small part of the business. What that is is a business-to-business site. So Jack set out helping those businesses in that area of Zhejiang and elsewhere in China that I mentioned, wanting to sell their stuff overseas. They had they were making stuff, but they didn't have it in English. So he helped them put their wares on online in English, and it was basically like a almost like a yellow pages. Um, Today, though, the biggest business by far are two other websites. One is called Taobao, and that's Chinese. So you open T-A-O-B-A-O.com. You'll see lots of flashing lights and special offers in Chinese, but you'll get a sense that it's a, it's a very buzzy market. It's where consumers can buy in China all kinds of uh, goods, whether it be clothing to food to even ser- weird like services. You can like outsource your breakup with your you know your girlfriend or boyfriend. On, on I've heard about that. <laughs> it's, you, you name it, it's there. It's, it's, it's you know, there's a book called The Everything Store about Amazon, and, and you know, Alibaba to that degree is also the everything store in in China. And another website they have is called Tmall, and Tmall is where the brands, people like Procter and Gamble, or even luxury brands like you know Coach or Burberry's, will sell their goods directly to consumers. But that first website I mentioned, Taobao, that's a place where you and I could sell stuff. I mean, if I wanted to sell, you know, uh, door handles or something more fun like those services I mentioned, you just set up your store and it's free. And that's how he really defeated eBay, um, because eBay wanted to charge. And Jack said, no, you know, I want to give customer first, employee second, shareholder third. He's always said, put the customer first. It seems like he has really kind of opened up this whole market and sector of, of e-commerce and the whole kind of a new, I don't know, new age social structure in, in China. But yet, it's still a communist country. Does he have to, yep. does he have to Kind of walk a, a a line in his in his own country in terms of how progressive he becomes. You're absolutely right. In fact, I, I titled the last chapter "Icon or Icarus" because he's clearly an icon uh, within China and increasingly overseas as per entrepreneurs. But he's also you know the risk of flying too close to the sun, like Icarus. You know his his wings might melt, right? So. Um, and actually, just this week, um, uh, the president of China, Xi Jinping, uh, summoned uh, some of these Internet leaders, including Jack, to hear about the importance of national security and how Internet providers should serve the national good. And actually, uh, just yesterday, I saw a, p- a picture of uh, President Xi Jinping now wearing combat fatigues uh, just to show that he's you know, in charge of the com- uh, armed forces. So, you know, there's a kind of a scary China. We don't know where it's going, China. And then we have, hopefully, you know, the more recognizable China that we would like, sort of middle-class China buying, you know, kind of a reflection to some degree of the West. And, you know, Jack is kind of in between those two worlds. He has to deal with the state, um, particularly in areas now he's investing in media um, or in uh, finance, which are very heavily controlled by 
by the state. So he lives in a very interesting world, but you're right, it's a, it's a tightrope. I think I just read that, didn't, I think it was Alibaba, didn't they just introduce some sort of a new uh, uh, social media app geared toward the, the workforce? Um, was it Ding, Ding Talk? Some it sort might of, be. I, uh, I, to be honest, I have to follow, every day I get up, it's like, what have they bought I, today? What have they launched today? It was, <laughs> uh, but it, it, I thought it was interesting because it was, um, let's see, what is the popular, is it, um, oh gosh, uh, is it called WeChat? Is that the popular kind oh, of social? WeChat. So WeChat is uh, from another company called from, Tencent. Right, right. You can download that in English, yeah. Right, I think, I think he's, I think I read, I believe I read, I think it was a Reuters story that Alibaba oh. has now introduced this yes. more work-centric app called that's right, that's Ding, right. right. Ding Talk. And I just that's wonder right. is, you know, if, if that is more in... <laughs> kind of in deference or we're going to make something that is more in you know into the liking of 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 the political powers that be and because it's interested it's focused on 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 work and and <laughs> rather yeah. than the burgeoning western social well right uh, thing well well this wechat app that is a uh, competitor called tencent which is another amazing story from the city of shenzhen just across the border from hong kong they're so dominant i mean it's much more than facebook messenger or um, you know, other sort of social apps that we think of here. You can do many things with that. So Jackson, Alibaba kind of missed the boat a little bit on the mobile side. So now they're trying to find ways to catch up, and they've invested in companies like Snapchat and things like that here. So you're right, there's a, there's a very strong competition going on. So I think this workplace thing is probably more like a, a niche that they can dominate. Uh, but they, they kind of missed the boat on, on the mainstream mobile side, and they're trying to catch up again. What do you see? I mean, is actually, you, you've known... You've known him for a, a while, and, and you've watched how yep. this how this company has of his this entity thing has grown and expanded to become what it, what it is. Is he, is it looking for globalization? Because I mean, I've I've read that I think there's some EU countries that they're expanding into next, and I think they just yep. officially opened an office in Australia. So uh, definitely looks like he's thinking globally. Yeah, in fact, Jack came uh, last year, I think, to Chicago. I think it was hosted by Ram Manuel and uh, uh, he was also in New York talking to business owners to say, look, you know, I don't need to help Chinese companies export anymore. They'll do that anyway. What I need to do, what I want to do, is help American brands, American manufacturers sell their goods to this emerging Chinese middle class. And he's get, delivering the same message in Milan and Munich and Rome and London, you know, and Paris, where he has uh, increasingly a presence. Because the Chinese middle classes now, they desire more than just the cheap made-in-China stuff, frankly. <laughs> so, so Alibaba has this great platform, you know, the digital uh, revolution really allows you to connect with middle-class consumers in China. So that's what he's doing now. He's trying to reverse it to say, look, let's help the Western companies sell into China. And also probably pick up some Western clientele as well, I would assume. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and, and buy, buy companies here, too. You know, he just invested in, uh, in uh, Paramount's uh, yeah, Star Trek series, and we had last year with Mission Impossible. You'll see Alibaba pictures on your movie screens. The first couple seconds of movies that you'll see, you'll see Alibaba pictures. Because he wants to bring Hollywood-style entertainment to to China, improve Chinese movies. He says in Chinese movies, all the all the heroes die, but in Hollywood, you know, they they ride off high fiving into the into the sunset. He wants that <laughs> for China. <laughs> Having literally experienced all of this over the last last decade, is mm -hmm. could Jack's success have happened somewhere other than at this particular time and in this particular place in China? Well, I think the key thing to understanding him is that he represents the entrepreneurs. This like a soup of entrepreneurship, you know, in, in Zhejiang and, you know, south, southern and eastern China. It's hard really to see anything of that scale anywhere else in the world, you know, because the, this is affecting the world. I mean, in terms of trade, so many things that we buy, uh, you know, are made or traded in this place. 
And so he had this opportunity to connect that area of, of China to the world. So we don't see anything like that. But, you know, with technology shifts, new things happen and will propel, you know, new Jack Ma's to emerge. And, uh, but they'd have to be people with an insane appetite for risk and insane self-confidence. You know, and I actually was asked by the Atlantic magazine last week to speculate who was a what would a Western Jack Ma look like. I said it'd probably be, frankly, a, a woman, maybe an immigrant, you know, who is against the odds somehow so determined to make something happen in, in the West that they would do this. But it's, you know, it doesn't happen very often. It seems like just from kind of the outside looking in that he's helped to kind of really foster and create. Has he been responsible for kind of a of a paradigm shift in China, especially in terms of of e-commerce and and social media, and would it have happened without Jack Ma? I, you know, I think people use the, the term paradigm shift very loosely, but I, I think it's true in his case that because the, the one thing he brought to many uh, consumers in China was trust. China's not a very trusting society in the sense that traditionally, you know, you would trust your family and then maybe, the, you know, the, your local work unit in the Communist Party. But today that's all, you know, breaking down. People have to trade with strangers and they have to you know, take risks to buy something and pay for something. He, he created the architecture of trust with things like Alipay, which is like PayPal, which is an escrow system, um, and also logistics, like getting the packages reliably where they need to be. He helped uh, create this massive industry. And so, yeah, I think you're right. He is helping move the fulcrum, if you will, between the, the rebalancing. China's got to get away from the old China model of made in China to the new China model of bought in China or even created in China. And, you know, so he's a very useful symbol for that, for the government, but he is, he is actually doing it. Duncan, I, is just to kind of wrap up and come, kind of come full circle, what, and we kind of touched upon this throughout the interview, but what do you hope that, that listeners that, that hear this and, and pick up the book and, and read about Alibaba and, and the Jack Ma story, what do you hope that they, t- they take away from, from your insights and experiences with him? Well, look, I think there's some, like, sugary bits, which is like the story of wealth and power and, the, you know, the... Uh, this amazing story of the rags to riches kind of story. But I think there's also some, let's say, vegetables or something nourishing in the book. One about learning about the changing China um, and, the, and the impact of technology on that. But also more broadly, you know, what does this symbolize for the world? Like the fact that we have now uh, Chinese are sitting at the top table in, in certain industries. And, you know, we need to rethink our view of the world because Alibaba interconnects also with emerging markets, <clears throat> excuse me, in ways that uh, in places like Brazil and and Russia, and Indonesia, and India. You know, there's, there's a lot going on, which is not always West versus these countries. It's, it's, it's South-South, if you will. It's other emerging markets connecting with each other. So we should have, take a fresh look at the world. That's Duncan Clark. His new book is Alibaba, The House That Jack Ma Built, published by HarperCollins. In the author's voice is a regular web series of WSIU Public Radio, a listener-supported service of Southern Illinois University. I'm Jeff Williams.